so here I am. And I have a lot of people to thank. And I got to thinking about this a couple days ago in my hotel room. I got to praying. And I got to thinking about all the people that played a critical role in my life. And I just, I was weeping so hard my body was shaking. I am not a self-made man. But what are we going to do with the Rick Mayos of the 21st century? What are we going to do with the Andrew Rodriguez's of the of the 21st century. When you look at yourself in the mirror with all of the dynamics of your past and all the idiosyncrasies of your personality and all of your experiences, there's a thousand other people out there that can relate to every single dynamic of your life. How are we going to connect with them? Well, we're just going to have the word. Well, we've got that. Well, we're just going to have the Holy Ghost. We're just going to talk in tongues and bang into the walls and scream kumbaya at the top of our lungs. We, we do that every once in a while. We have some knock-down, drag-out moves of the Holy Ghost in this church. And I want to tell you, I'm not being critical and I'm not being sarcastic. I love every single bit of it. I'd take a lap right now, but I'm not wearing a belt. you that are watching the clock and thinking about the food, I've only been preaching 15 minutes. And I'm not going to preach a long time, but I need to talk about this because this has, got to, this has got to happen in this church. This has got to happen with me. This has got to happen with you. Oh, pastor. Oh, you know, we just, we just, we don't want to open up our home to anybody. Why not? What you got going on over there? I can't think of a better way of introducing your children to the things of God. This is one of the reasons why I think generationally the apostolic church blasted off with the inertia and the power and the, and the thrust that it had because people were having church in their homes. There were little kids speaking in tongues. There was everybody speaking in tongues. Everybody was praying. Everybody was saying this is awesome. Everybody was saying this is See, there's more denominationalism that has made inroads into the apostolic church, and we want to, we need to talk about this. And I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I mean, I, I didn't come here to do that. I came here as the pastor of this church recognizing that if you and I got on the board on, the, on, on this, this church could double in one year. We have too many, our net, the holes are too big in our net. My wife and I were just talking the other day about starting a Bible study again in our home. Or if they don't want to come to my house, I'll go to their house. But fellowship is what built and retained the apostolic church. All right, we'll just see you guys next week. Well, that's seven days that the devil is saying... You're all mine. If it hadn't been people like Elder Clark, if you go to be with the Lord, we're probably going to stuff your body and put it in the vestibule. <laughs> Why not? 
There were so many people. I know that sounds funny. I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, listen. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people like Brother Clark. Can somebody help me? You guys in the back 40 out there, I need binoculars to even see you. I'm just having fun, but I love you. But I'm going to tell you. I'm, no, I'm telling you, in the presence of God and all his holy angels, there was a bunch of people that walked right by me and said, well, <laughs> look at this dude, crazy, wild. He'll be gone, just give him a couple weeks. But there were some people that drew right up to me and said, you know what, man, why don't you come on? If you're not busy um, next Friday, why don't you come on over? We'd like to have you come on over. It's people like you that helped build a hedge around Rick Mayo. It's critical. Praise God. And I want to tell you what, those people that I honored every single one of them. I wrote a little tiny book. I told you about this last week. I wrote a little tiny book and took a whole page and wrote every single name, Brother Wokey, I could think of with tears streaming down my face. I'm going to tell you, in the 21st century, with this smartphones, dumb phones, social networking, the devil thinking of a million ways to get people to take them, take them out and tempt them, to defile them and destroy them. They need the church. And I'm not, here again, I'm not, I'm, this is not, this is not, this is not a vertical message. This is horizontal. We're, we're on the same team. We're all, we're, you and I want the same thing. You and I want to see God move. You and I want to see somebody come in here. I want to see somebody come in this church that is covered in tattoos, running the aisles, full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. God is big enough. God is powerful enough. I was ministering in a conference in Ohio last, last week, and the the guy that was preaching during the day said he had two lesbians that, that were living together came to his church, and both of them got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and started bringing other lesbians to his church, and they're getting the Holy Ghost. We got to change our They're not people riding around in covered wagons anymore. We're in the 21st century, but God is big enough. God, I'm, I might take a lap anyway. Look the other way. Everybody look over there. That's how I feel. I feel like God could empty a bar. I feel like God could empty a ball game. I feel like God. I'm convinced this is the greatest thing this world has ever seen. But there's got to be somebody that can demonstrate it and facilitate it. Oh, I know why Brother Cobbs is, is running. He's getting married on March 8th. 
He used to run before, but he's really running now. I'm going to make a prediction. There's going to be more than one wedding. I think there's going to be at least four weddings in 2019. Why not? Man, there's enough chaos and bad news to go around. Why don't we, why don't we rejoice over something good happening? Hey, have you heard the latest? No, and I don't want to. I need a break. This church can do it. No, no, you didn't hear me. This church can do it. But you got to have the want to. You know, a, fix, a fox can whip a possum. He just doesn't do it because he doesn't feel like it. you got to have the want to. I wouldn't be here. I owe a debt to God and the body of Christ to do this for others. What happens is the enemy gets to working on some of you and tries to get you to feel like you're disqualified. That's hogwash. If you think I'm here because I'm an angel, you're, I'm here because I learned to pray. I'm here because I know how to get a hold of God or I wouldn't have lasted five minutes. think I'm out robbing banks and on girly web websites or other websites, but I will tell you this, if not for the grace of God, there go I. You know, take heed, lest ye fall. Fellowship was a cornerstone principle of the early church. And I think often we overlook this because we, we give doctrine so much preeminence, and it should, especially when you've got a plethora of false doctrine, you've got a plethora of denominations, you've got a plethora of, of everything that's out there. It's a, it's, it's a mishmash, a potpourri of just about anything. It's a grab bag. Oh, that what you believe? Man, that's fine. What does the Bible say? You already know this, but the word fellowship in Greek is the word koinonia. The church, which by definition, it comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means called out ones, has several illustrations of what the church is like. It's like a bride, the bride of Christ, but none more applicable and profound as being the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, we are not going to go there, but the Apostle Paul does a masterful job of revealing the importance. Look that way. 
I should have grabbed some rope over Home Depot. And then I could preach in Mississippi. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. That's horrible. Oh, God is good. 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 Your body is designed to a certain extent to heal itself. And what your body cannot do, God can do. You know, there ain't no doctor anywhere that can heal anybody. All that doctor does is reorganize, battle infection, make a couple cuts, da-da-da-da-da, and then your body does the rest. You do understand that, right? So that means that the church can heal itself. But if the church is not experiencing fellowship that facilitates that type of one-on-one contact where everybody's just dispersing, you know, we're all like, I, when, when I first started pastoring, didn't have anybody, I had all these huge ideals. I am never going to pastor a church that's full of cliques. Don't look so guilty. Or clans. You know, you get a whole row of the Hatfields and the McCoys. I'm glad we don't have any of that around here. I don't feel one click in this church. I don't consider people fellowshipping with their family a click. Are you kidding me? That's not a click. But if that's all you fellowship with, at the exclusion of other people that have never even known what a family is, could it be that you're, you're fellowshipping with your family, which is awesome. You're supposed to do that. But what would happen if you invited somebody every once in a while that doesn't even have a family? Clap your hands and give God the praise. And let them feel the dynamic of that warmth and that love and that power. I'm telling you, this church can do it. This church can do it. And my wife and I have done a ton of that and will continue to do that when I can. Because I'm convinced that's the only way that you can really build an apostolic church. But Paul uses the members of the body to reveal that it's not the eye, the flashy hand, the foot. He said, it's those other members. Have you ever seen a spleen? If you were to invite me over and say, Pastor, we're going to have liver, I would get sick before I got there so that I don't have to come because I don't even want to smell liver. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to taste it. If I even think you're eating it, I'll get sick. Okay, there's some body parts I don't even want to look at because I'm going to get sick. The spleen. 
But the apostle was saying that those members are more critical so you can live without an eye. You can't live without kidneys. Fellowship with man, you know, their car leaks oil. It's gonna leak oil in my in my driveway, and I just cleaned it off. Man, throw some sand down and have some fellowship. What's more important, somebody getting to heaven or your driveway? I'm sorry to be so elementary, but really, that's what it comes down to. Ah. Uh, I'd go pick them up, but I just bought this new car, and they stink. You know, I had to get a revelation about Rygard. Some of you young men that want to start talking to, I had a young man come up to me a while back, said, Pastor, can I talk to a young lady in this church? I said, sure. This is how you do it. Hi. Try that for size. If you haven't got a job, paying your bills, living for God, living right, living clean, you shouldn't be interested in anybody. Let's do for, that's real weak out there, but that's why there's so many problems. You ain't listen to the pastor. You get your act together first. You're wanting, you're wanting to be interested in somebody that's already got their act together. I could easily start preaching about dating, but we're going to be taking communion today. I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go very good, would it? Hallelujah. There's people in this church. This church would absolutely not be the same if you were gone. There's tears that I have shed that nobody ever sees but God and the devil about people. There's people that come to this church. I think about them and I start praying. I start weeping for them. They just come. They hardly speak two or three sentences to me a week or a month or even a year. They're shy. They're introverted. They don't have the latest flashy clothing. So what? Jesus Christ died for them like he died for me. Is this all right today? Jesus said you've done it to the least of these. You've done it unto me. Clap your hands and give him praise. Fellowship is critical. We've had several evangelists that have come in here because I took note of it that preached directly to us about what we need. Brother Bet specifically. But I think what is absolutely critical for this church is we start fellowshipping with people that may not be our equals. But they need God. And they need friends. And they need brothers, and they need sisters. I'd like us to look at one 
Just a couple more scriptures here, and then we'll be done. In 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John, it reveals to us the incredible power of fellowship. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 3 says, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And with his son, Jesus Christ. Verse number six. If we say that we have fellowship with him. Talking about Jesus and walk in darkness. We lie. You, you know. It is easier to deceive yourself than it is to deceive others. That's where it starts. Look at verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I'm sorry, that is not the one I was supposed to go to. Verse number seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's horizontal. Now, you have to get this. See, our church is really good at pursuing after God. I mean, we, we have moves of the Holy Ghost. They're genuine. They are genuine. God is here. God is in this place. God is among this group of people. But what about the relationship with one another? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. This is, a, this is talking about the heart pumping blood to every area of the body. And if there's two people that aren't getting along, this seems to indicate that their sins are not being cleansed. When the body is working harmoniously, and I've already talked about inward body parts, when it's all working harmoniously and it all fits, the blood is circulating. The blood is not only bringing nutrition, but it's also taking away waste. It's all based on fellowship. There should not be one person in this church that you, you could not sit across the table from and have fellowship with. Well, Pastor, I'm afraid what I would do. You need to pray. You have a bad attitude. And you're not, you're not, you can't be right. You cannot be not right with a brother or sister and be right with God. I've seen a lot of this situation. I'm an expert on this kind of stuff. I've dealt with it in this church. And I want to tell you what, God's able to open a body like a surgeon and pull one body part out and put another body part in. It's a big deal. Some of us, there's some of us sitting here in this, in this building this afternoon that might need to apologize to somebody. Make it right. Well, I haven't done that. Yeah, but if you know that you could help about bring peace by you making the first move. See, God's going to be with that one that makes the first move. Well, I didn't do that. 
Well, how come you got such a bad attitude then? How come you're not praying? How come you love the things of the world? How come you're... How come you're talking about leaving church if you didn't do anything? Because you're the one with the bad attitude. And so somebody needs to step in the gap and say, listen, man, um, let's, let's, let's pray about this. I, I love you. I don't, want, I don't want to see anything. I want you to get messed up. Uh, I love you. I want, I want things to work. Let's you and I start meeting for coffee. Let's you and I start meeting in early morning prayer. Let's you and I start talking. Let's you and I get together. Well, pastor, I ain't got time for that. I, I got to be at work at five. I, I don't get off till six at night. I don't even have time to pray. Are we allowing this world to keep us from being truly spiritual? Because our personal preferences have now moved us away from God instead of moving us towards God. This is in the Holy Ghost. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. I'm not, I'm not doing this to nobody. We tried to do this with our care groups. God bless each and every one of you care group leaders. I'm going to tell you, you guys are awesome. But people got burned out on it. People got burned out on it because some of the people wouldn't go. Some of them, it just, it just, it just, it just didn't work. That was a dream that I had. It was an idea I had to facilitate fellowship. But what I discovered is real, genuine spiritual fellowship, you can't dictate it. It's, 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 if it's going to be right, it's got to be organic. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to be a real burden. It's like, it's like you working with Sloan. Sloan called me two weeks ago. It's like I, I, I have a feeling Sloan's going to start doing this, okay? For those of you that just joined us, Sloan is um, a young man that started coming to church here a while back. My, my son-in-law won him from the job, and then he just, just quit. But there's some people that invested a lot of time and energy in Sloan. Brother Larry Booker told a story about a guy that backslid from his church that would call up and say, is this First Pentecostal? Yes, it is. Click. He'd call back a couple of days later. Is Brother Booker still the pastor? Yes, he is. Click. Do they still believe in Acts 2.38? He's the guy not even going to church. Yes. Click. Do they still preach against television? I'm telling you the truth. The guy asked him. Do they still preach against television? Yes, they do. Click. He was back in church and prayed through. I want to tell you, the devil, I'm, I'm just about done. The devil uses people in this church to keep people coming back to church. And I'm not blaming you for that. I'm telling you it is part of the, it's a device of the enemy to show a backslider several piece, people's faces. Mocking and jeering and keeping that person away. This fellowship business is a huge, huge factor in the apostolic church. We cannot let it die. 
We cannot let it dissipate. Find somebody. Let's lift our hands and just talk to Jesus right now. Oh, Jesus, we need your blood flowing, 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 flowing into the deepest recesses of every life. The definition of the word koinonia, we all know it is fellowship, but it's far more than that. It means communication. It means community. I want to tell you, sometimes I have read some literature that's being put out by non-denominational churches, and I'm thinking, that is really neat because they're understanding the need for community. Communication, community, and it means communion. Communion. But it is not fellowship sitting at a coffee shop. It's communion, spirit to spirit. It is so absolutely Drawing your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Having said what I've already said about First Corinthians 11, verse number 17, the apostle said, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together not for the better but for the worse. This is the church in Corinth. It's an apostolic church. It, was, it began in Acts chapter number 18. The Apostle Paul was the spiritual father of that church. He started it. It went on to become one of the most preeminent, but one of the most problematic churches in the entire New Testament was the church at Corinth. And he said, you're, you're coming together not for the better, but for the worse. He said, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there is divisions among you, and I partly believe it. But the Apostle Paul had an elevated apostolic understanding of this, and he said, for there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. I'm going to tell you, that scripture right there, there is a world in that scripture. There has to be a Judas every once in a while. Because you have to be tempted by that. There was a situation that happened here recently. There was an individual in this church that didn't like the counsel that I uh, gave them. So they called up three or four other people trying to get different kind of counsel. I took, I had a flag go up when that happened. Because you follow that out to the nth degree, and that could, that could start division. But I was very happy to find out that the people that this person went to 
I'll say, what did pastor say? What did pastor say? What did pastor say? I'm not saying I'm God, but God called me to be here. God has enabled me to give people wisdom and sound advice. I might make a bad call. I'd be the first one to do it in sincerity and in honesty. But I'm trying to hit the mark. I'm not trying to mess up. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. They were there like we're going to eat the potluck. They weren't looking at the bread wine as being an opportunity to partake in communion. This level of communion is supposed to be taking what we already share together to an elevated place with Jesus Christ. And what's happening in the remainder of this chapter is you're going to see that God moves harshly in situations where people are abusing this. He says, what? This is rhetorical in verse number 22. One of the rare, rare rhetorical questions that Paul asks, but it's noteworthy. He's noteworthy. He says, what? Don't you have houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord, look at verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Now, I, I'm, I'm bringing all this down to just a revelation. Jesus was willing to have community with Judas up until the very end. When Jesus, when Jesus called Judas friend, he was not lying. He was not being duplistic. He was not being sarcastic. That was genuine. These verses up above here is talking about the spirit of Judas seeking to divide the body. Verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink in remembrance of me. When a church that is already experiencing this level of fellowship partakes of this level of fellowship, it takes it to a whole other spiritual level of Jesus Christ being in our midst. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat the bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, who was the first person to be guilty of the body and the blood? It was Judas. Judas had hatred in his heart. He spoke 
evil of Jesus. He sold out on Jesus. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation. That is not eternal damnation. That word more properly interpreted would be judgment. And God can do whatever he wants to do. But he eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Well, me and this other brother, we just don't get along. I haven't got enough, folks, it's a lot easier to get bitter than it is to stay pure. It takes work to stay pure. Hello? Y'all there? It, 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 It is very natural. It's easy to get a bad attitude. It takes work to be at peace with your brothers and sisters. Y'all with me out there? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes walking in the Holy Ghost. It takes you being so close to God that you see a blip on your radar screen before it becomes full-blown resentment. Where you start having thoughts of harming people. The spirit of Judas Iscariot. Harming the Lord's body. Not willing to forgive. Not willing to... The old, the old timers, they would never ask you to for forgiveness. They, they just start being nice to you again. How you doing? Yeah. Why don't you stop on by sometime? Well, that was supposed to cover five years of everybody getting bitter and getting a bad attitude. I know people like this. I know people that their way of asking for forgiveness is just start halfway being nice to you again. How you doing? You love me now? What about all the stuff you said? Why don't you stop on by sometime? No, we, we're real men. We ride horses, and, but we can't, we can't get down and ask for forgiveness. and We, we, that's, we don't do that. I want to tell you what, you've got to learn to do that. I don't care. I'm just trying to make an illustration. If you ride a horse, that's fine. I'm just trying to say there's some people... There's some people that that's their way of saying it's all cool. And all the horse lovers say amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot dream up any more programs to try to have fellowship. Some of you are already there. Some of you are, are you, it comes natural to you. Other folks, I want to tell you, you want the blessing of the Lord in, in your house? Start having people over and say, we're just going to have people over. Man, we'll... Play Pictionary. When I was single, I played Pictionary till my eyes clogged. Well, my wife's not much of a cook. Grab a pizza. Dude, everybody loves Papa Murphy's. If I could find Papa Murphy, I'd try to pray him through. Grab a pizza. Grab a sandwich. Grab an eight-foot-long Subway sandwich. Do something. Somebody coming in from out of the world, they think a can of Spam is cool. 
I could have easily written a book on 365 ways to cook a potato because that's all I had. I was so poor was potatoes. Somebody invited me over to their house. Oh, I'm telling you what. But here I am today. Fellowship, it's preaching that reaches people. It's fellowship that keeps people. Lift your hands and give God the praise. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. I need the ushers to go. And while they are going to the apostle continues, he said, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, when God judges us, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. God's doing that to save you, not to destroy you. Nobody should ever think that they can be apostolic and live all by themselves. Well, I'll see you in heaven, but <laughs> I got to go. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Praise God.